If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make your podcast. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free. You pay no fee whatsoever. It's absolutely, totally free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And most of all, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Well, the most important thing is that you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Well, what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe and make your own podcast. It's free. Welcome to this new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maramber Homa, and I welcome you to listen to this podcast about narcissism in general, toxic relationships, and ways to deal with them and to save ourselves, but most importantly, seek self-evolution regardless of the abuse. I hope you enjoy and find this episode and the upcoming ones enjoyable and insightful in any way shape or form and i thank you very much for listening now let's get started okay so in today's episode we will be focusing on the topic of shame and precisely why do narcissists play the shame game and this title is inspired by the website narcissistfamilyfile.com And basically, she's the same author, Julie, uh, yeah, so the same author from the previous episode. So basically, according to the normal definition of guilt and shame that we know, guilt is feeling distress after doing something wrong that feels wrong, and shame is feeling of um, frustration about who we are. So basically, there's a big difference between what shame and what guilt is. Um, Guilt is about something done that feels wrong, and shame is about the person themselves. You know, they feel ashamed of themselves. So their early defining sense of being defective and unlovable causes them lifelong shame that they fight against with a grandiose exterior and contemptuous behavior towards other others so so the um so they know that they're defective and unlovable because of how much abuse they have gone through, unfortunately, and it causes them lifelong shame. So the poor narcissists are basically ashamed of themselves and their existence, and when they try to um, accept it, you know, and deal with it in a healthy in a healthy, stable way that allows them to communicate with others in a healthy manner, 
They instead uh, use and have grandiose um, behavior towards that, reaction towards that. And unfortunately, with kind of like uh, contemptuous, vicious, hateful behavior to, towards others, because they were never really shown the meaning of true love in their childhood. They were abused. So that's how they were they would behave around uh, others who are considered healthy, but who will suffer in the presence of the narcissist, unfortunately. Okay, so I guess the question that we can ask ourselves right now is why do they use shame? So they use shame to project their inadequacies. Well, every one of us is flawed basically to an extent. Um, we have, um, you know, we have like pros and cons, um, shortcomings, if you say. But they use this kind of shame to project their inadequacies on others. They project their flaws on others. They blame others for their flaws and they make other and they make the others sound like um, they are narcissists themselves. That's one reason why they use shame. Another reason would be to externalize their self-loathing. So narcissists have been raised with this painful, um, you know, child abuse in their childhood. They had a really rough childhood. And all their life basically is they spend a lot of the time loathing themselves and uh, being disgusted with who they are. And that's part of what shame is all about. And when something wrong happens when with somebody, you know, the closest person to the narcissist, be it their uh, spouse or children or close friends, they would externalize their self-loathing onto them as a way to relieve some of that um, buried stress within them. Another way is to make others look and feel inferior. They do this because they have a really huge sense of grandiose that when they um, use the shame game on others around them, this is a way for them to uh, make themselves look and feel superior and in turn, the others become inferior because they, the narcissists want to be in control. They want to dominate the relationship. So their way of making sure that they're in control is to make sure that everybody else is, is feels, and looks inferior. Um, and, of course, uh, vice versa, the same idea that I just mentioned, feed their need to feel superior. Now, this constant hunger and constant, um, uh, you know, desire to always feel superior, and it works, 
same way. If they make others inferior, they're going to make themselves look and feel superior. They control others' self-perceptions. And uh, the way that they use shame is to allow the narcissist to control other self-perceptions, to manipulate the way that others look at themselves and how they feel about themselves um, whenever they use shame. And like we said earlier, shame is an externalization of their self-loathing and uh, a projection of their flaws onto others. So as a result, um, when they do this to others, the other people will look at themselves and feel ashamed. Also, they will feel um, guilty of a lot of the things they do. And probably gradually, let's say, feel ashamed of who they are. And they will change their uh, self-perceptions uh, little by little. Another reason is to manipulate others to take undue responsibility. So they will try to make others do things for them. Uh, take responsibilities for things that the narcissist wants to get, but instead of them doing that, you know, taking that responsibility, they want others to take that responsibility uh, for them. And if any mistake happens, it's not on the narcissist, it's on the other person who did it. Because the other person took the responsibility to take action in that, um, you know, request or thing that the narcissist wants to get, you know, or have. But, um, this person has been manipulated into doing so. It's not, of course, they're not willing to take such responsibility, but it's uh, because the narcissists are really good at manipulation that others uh, unwillingly and um, like subconsciously take undue responsibility because of them. Manipulate others to blame themselves for their abusers, that is, narcissist behavior. So the narcissist manipulate others to blame themselves for the abuser's behavior. If you ever, ever you know, uh, speak up whenever you are uh, angry with a narcissist and you're uh, revealing their uh, hurtful actions that they've done to you, they're going to manipulate you into blaming yourself for their behavior. Turning the table around, basically, is what I'm trying to say here. They will never, ever take the responsibility or own their mistakes and um, their wrongdoings and the harm they did to others. They will instead manipulate others to blame themselves for their behavior. 
and a shame narcissists work that way that's their function basically and you can't even like speaking up uh and trying to make them apologize will make them instantly apologize just for the moment you know and it's for the narcissists always about the moment you know but in the future like it's gonna happen again you're gonna be the one blamed for their behavior and um, the blame is always shifted on you another reason why they use shame is to undermine and weaken others self-esteem so um, so they love to be in control of everything and take the attention of get the attention from everybody and get the approval from everybody else if anyone ever dares to show up as someone who has uh, any amount of self-confidence or any sort of talent then it's the narcissist's job to use this their shame uh, to undermine and weaken others' self-esteem. For example, if anybody talks about um, a personal experience that made them uh, more sociable or uh, more um, relaxed in meetings, um, uh, more generous with people, etc., uh, the narcissist will not genuinely uh, encourage the conversation to be about them, to be about the the person, I mean, who talks about their meaningful experience, but they will revert the conversation and talk about themselves when they had a better experience than that, when they had more people applauding for them, when they had more praise going on, and that is used to first of all, boost the grandiose sense of themselves and to undermine and weaken others' self-esteem. So the other person is like, oh my god, I just told this person my story and now it's their story? <laughs> and they don't feel adequate anymore. Their self-esteem is low. And they do this all the time. They're really good at this. They always... Uh, make the conversation all about them you know whatever it is that you say about yourself whatever hap whatever it is that happened to you doesn't matter at all all that matters is their point of view their story their experience and everything else um they use shame to also isolate and disarm others disarm others from their weapon of um, not massive destruction <laughs> but weapons of speaking up and telling the truth weapons of um, putting a limit to the terrible uh, deeds that narcissists always um, commits and to isolate them uh, using their language, using their manipulation, using their guilt tripping, and all that, 
it's to isolate and disarm others and, and it's a tactic it's a tactic used in battlefields and war uh, there is this technique actually and it's pretty much uh, very very effective when it comes to um, melting the enemy uh, little by little so part of um, showing up as superior and invincible is to isolate and disarm others by using shame in addition, they drive others into self-hating, secrecy, and self-destruction. How? By all the contemptuous and hateful and grandiose behavior that they have towards others. Uh, and they just love to make others hate themselves and try to destroy themselves because of the perfect image the narcissist always wants to display. The other feels smaller, um, more like negligible, useless, worthless, and narcissists always present themselves as this person who is unbeatable and absolutely all the adjectives out there at the superlative form you know what I'm saying in the grammar in the grammatical um, you know side of things it's all to make others feel like they hate themselves and want to destroy themselves um, secretly so these are honestly uh, heartbreaking and painful reasons why narcissists why narcissists use shame. So now that we know why they use shame, let's go ahead and ask the question: How? How do narcissists use shame? you know, with all those reasons. So they install triggerable buttons to manipulate and punish those they seek to control. Anything that triggers you or that pushes your buttons or that, you know, makes you fidget, fidget or um, stresses you out any kind of topic, any kind of thing, any kind of person that they bring around that makes you go nuts for a little bit, is used to manipulate and punish uh, you, you know, the person the narcissist is trying to control. Those who love, care about, or look up to them or rely on them like children, partners, relatives, co-workers, etc. are vulnerable to messages of shame. And messages of shame can be uh, destructive. They can be, they can involve manipulation, um, 
guilt tripping, a huge sense of grandiosity, arrogance, and all those. And they can be vulnerable to these kinds of messages because they don't seem to care enough about others, uh, you know, pain. It doesn't matter if their children are hurt. You know, they like empathy, obviously. Or should I say they choose not to feel so empathic, empathetic towards others. Their partners are always uh, humiliated and blamed for the stupidest things. And possibly even made fun of um, in meetings. I'm sorry, I've been yawning for like two minutes now. I'm so sorry. And relatives, co-workers can be vulnerable to messages of shame when it comes to professional meetings, um, you know, professional hangouts, interviews, and it's all used for uh, the narcissist's position of um, high hierarchy. They always want to be high on top of everything. So everyone here basically are is vulnerable to messages of shame. Narcissists believe that they are justified to shame others. No matter how hard you try to uh, speak up about the this game that they're playing, they seem to always find this rational, justifiable, um, reasonable reason as to why they should shame others. They will make it so that they are not wrong. They're not wrong about it. They're not doing anything wrong. They may shift um, the truth into something that works for their advantage. For example, they can say, oh, I only do this for the benefit of everyone. I'm only doing this so that you can improve. I'm only doing this for your best interest. Don't you think I care about you? And they use all these kind of you know, uh, objections and arguments because they believe that they are simply justified to shame others. They have a right to shame others, but nobody ever has a right to shame them. Okay? Um, children of narcissistic parents are the most vulnerable to being shamed because there are unformed beings who love to look up to their parents for caregiving, validation of self and sense of identity. And unfortunately, yes, as bad as it sounds, this is absolutely true. The children of narcissistic parents are the most vulnerable and the weakest uh, to being shamed because they're unformed beings you know when you're a child you have nothing 
you have you have no idea about how the world works and so all you have is your curiosity and energy to find out what is going on and you when you count on your parents the closest people in your life for love attention care and guidance and uh, sympathy and all that um, they don't they don't give you that they just give you this cold harsh um, shameful kind of treatment that fills you up with shame and when you're trying to build your personality is going to be extremely painful because it's, it's going to tear you apart you know um, you're going to ask existential questions about love and about parenthood and about childhood and all that when you're a child for God's sake you know you're not even enjoying your childhood all you're asking is what am I even doing here why are my parents treating me like this do I even deserve to be treated that way am I too much for them to handle and you get all these existential questions and you can't even answer them because you're too small and you're too young to even understand what's going on because you are now being shamed um, and all children are ever looking for is truly caregiving validation of self and sense of identity caregiving is about uh, you know care physical mental and emotional care for children attention affection and giving you know generous care care for children in a generous manner that isn't conditional care that is not conditional that does not require something in return you know uh, care that is genuine and honest and doesn't wear masks when there are guests around for example and uh, reveals its ugly face when it's alone with the child, you know what I'm saying? Validation of self. Whenever they, whenever the child, you know, um, has a project or like homework to do at school, and and it revolves around research, at least you know recognize the efforts and the hard work of that child. They're trying to impress you, and they're trying to. Um, to get your help and to get your advice and they're trying to hear some of those encouraging words and not not constantly compared to their siblings or classmates because they had a worse grades than them or um, not being made of I mean, made fun of in front of their aunts and uncles when they did something wrong, which is, and that thing is normally, totally normal, but they make it sound like it's such a big deal and it's funny, you know, to make that child feel small. 
for example, uh, in discussions, um, when a child has a right to say no and they disagree because they don't like the idea, for example, then they have a right to express their feelings and express their opinions freely, but not in a narcissistic parent, uh, not in a narcissistic family, and under narcissistic uh, parents' care, because that no such thing exists. And sense of identity, you know, it takes a person, you know, you're taking care of a human being. They have an identity, you know, you're not supposed to treat them as though they're nothing but an extension of you, you know. All they say is part of what you say. All they wear is part of what you wear. All you eat is part of what you eat, you know. It's not always like that. They have an identity. They have things they like. They have things they dislike. They're children, they're human beings, they are allowed to be different and to have an identity. And that identity is formed and shaped when you're trying to help them, you know, um, get a get a good shape. But not but not you as a narcissistic parent manipulating the whole thing and creating a shape they never liked just for your own pleasure, just for the perfect image you're trying to make the world see. It's not always about that. It's that you have a child with a different identity and that you have to respect that. And that just like you have boundaries that you never want to you never want to be invaded. They have boundaries as well. And you might as well teach them to have boundaries and to maintain those boundaries for healthy relationships when they grow up. Otherwise, it's enmeshment and it's like you're devouring your old child and they might even devour their future partner and that's going to be a huge nightmare. Don't you think? So, and here's why, you know, it's extremely painful and sad to be a child of narcissistic parents who who shame you because when you're a child, you're basically the most vulnerable to their shaming when all you need is uh, caregiving, validation of self, and sense of identity. And finally, a shamed child often carries false and deeply damaging self-beliefs for decades. Imagine the amount of time a child has to be patient um, because of the amount of shame that they have, you know, uh, received unwillingly from their parents. And they grow up with this huge false and deeply damaging, you know, set of self-beliefs and and, um, self-convictions for decades when they become adult. And 
it's this huge overwhelming weight that they have to carry on their back that is false and that is deeply destructive you know this kind of uh, delusions self-beliefs self-perceptions that they have to carry for decades imagine imagine the pain this child has to go through. A child who has been shamed often has to carry false and deeply damaging self-beliefs for decades. Decades! Decades! It's not even a year or two. For decades. Imagine that they have to carry this throughout all their adulthood. I mean, just think about it. No one should be shamed, even if anybody, anybody had, you know, a difficult childhood with narcissistic parents or borderline parents or psychopathic parents or any kind of, uh, you know, abusive environment. Nobody ever deserves to be shamed, no matter what. Shame is a huge topic, and uh, we just tackled the why and how narcissists use it for their advantage and how they use it to harm others. Uh, we will talk a little bit further about shame in upcoming episodes. I don't know when exactly, but please expect um, an episode in the future we'll be talking about another part of shame so yeah nobody ever deserves to be shamed no matter who they are because everybody deserves a good life everybody deserves to love themselves to be good to themselves and to be good to others and to have others be good to them as well. So, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And, yeah, that's it. So, the episode has ended here. And you can guess this is my goodbye speech. <laughs> no, just kidding. I hope you found this episode insightful to some degree. You can always like, comment, favorite, share, and even subscribe to this podcast here on Anchor or any other platform like Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Acast, and others. I would also appreciate your support for a very small monthly fee if you'd like. If you have any topic suggestion, question, or some kind of feedback you'd like to share, don't hesitate to send me a brief voice message on the Anchor uh webpage of the podcast i will take care of it to conclude this was self-evolution regardless i'm your host maramber homa and i will see you in the next episode